0: You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to a new season of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. Opening day is tomorrow. 2021 is here And as always, you're going to have Sam and Steve here all season long to talk Yankees baseball as they go for the chase to 28. Sam, spring training's over. Let's play some baseball.
1: How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Steve. It is great to see you. It is season five of us on the podcast. I can't believe it. I've enjoyed every minute. And the Yankees, once again, enter with high expectations. They will open on my 24th birthday. So I hope they give me a good birthday present, but I'm thankful that we're here. The COVID-19 pandemic is still taking a toll on the country, the Yankees, and really, I think every MLB team, there was a positive test here and there, really made it through spring training without any issues. Um, I'm hoping that's the case as we get started on Thursday, the entire MLB, so I'm very, very excited. Thankful that we're here. No COVID issues. I'm confident that we're going to play a full 162 with hopefully no interruptions, but limited uh, if so. So I'm very excited. Obviously, last summer felt really weird. There were no fans in the stands. Yankees will have just under 11,000 people there on Thursday. So, and I think every team is going to have at least some fans there, which is going to be really great to see because just seeing home runs go the orbit 30 or 40 rows up in bleachers last year, it seemed like with no one there, it was a bit depressing. So I am very, very excited for the season. Hopefully as we get going, move closer to the summer, this really dies down and we have close to a packed house come October, if, if not a packed house. So I am very, very thrilled. High expectations should be another great year.
0: Yeah, eleven thousand fans. That's gonna sound like 70, 80,000 fans to to the baseball gods. You know, Garrett Cole used the term that uh, he kind of felt like he got dry humped last year with playing in Yankee Stadium without the fans. So to see uh, to see fans there is gonna be amazing. I'm hoping to get there uh, in, the, in the first few weeks uh, to catch some some live baseball. But like you said it, it's just great to have to have baseball back, and it, it feels much more normal as as it should. Um, So let's just get right into it. The the Yankees, you said high expectations this year. The expectations for the Yankees are the same every year. Win the World Series. But it does feel like this year is a little different. They kind of got a pass for last year because there's all these extra things going on. But this this is do or die for the Yankees, for Cashman, for Aaron Boone, for guys like Garrett Cole uh, and Aaron Judge. Huge year across the board. Um, I don't know if you like me, Sam, but I I try, but I can't get that into spring training. I just want spring training to end. There'll be no huge injuries, and we start the season. I'm not going to go nuts over who's hitting 200 or who's hitting 600. Uh, Just get healthy and get ready to start the season. And we were almost there. Uh, We are almost there. One week to go until opening day. I literally write an article about how Luke Voigt is kind of a key hold for the Yankees for that lineup and how he kind of is important on the field as well, given the uh, the positions of uh, you know DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres. Less than 24 hours later, boom, knee surgery out to possibly May, possibly longer. Uh, big big blow for the Yankees who almost made it through spring training without any big injuries. But lo and behold, losing Luke Voigt before opening day is a is a gut punch. So otherwise, I'd say successful spring training.
1: Yeah, and this is a guy who led Major League Baseball in home runs uh, a season ago, even though it was only 60 games. He belted over 20 home runs. And the Yankees, right now, have a bit of a revolving door at first base. I know Voight isn't the best defensive first baseman, excuse me. He's actually far from it, but they're going to be playing Jay Bruce at first base. It looks like uh, a little bit. Lemayhew's going to get some action there. So it's a big reason why Bruce made the team out of camp. I'm not sure if he would have stuck if Voight didn't get hurt. He was 7 for 34 in spring training. Two homers. That comes out to 206. Got on base less than 30% of the time. Bruce wasn't all that impressive. But I could see him providing some pop in that Yankees lineup. I'm like you. I don't put too much... Stock into spring training stats for hitters, uh, at least. So it's going to provide uh, the it's going to cause the Yankees to shuffle. And of course, Zach Britton, they lost a couple of weeks ago. It's looking like May or June for him. Probably their best relief pitcher, in my opinion. So the Yankees got a little bit banged up. During spring training, but I'm thankfully none of those names were Aaron Judge or John Carlos Stanton, who the Yankees really need to stay healthy this season. But yeah, it's no doubt that the void injury provides a little bit of an obstacle, and they're gonna need to reshuffle things. How they're gonna do it, how things are gonna look,
0: I'm not too sure. But the big question I have is like you said, Bruce was. Bruce was gonna get released. It was pretty out there. Came kind of came out that they were gonna move on for him. He was gonna use his opt-out clause, and then a few hours later, that kind of, or I guess it was like ten hours later, we kind of get the news of Voigt. and I think it saved his spot. So the big question I have for that is, uh, right? So Bruce could start as, as our first baseman, as you said, he didn't look great. He had a couple home runs, got that lefty pop in the lineup, which is which is nice to to balance out a very uneven lineup. But what happens come end of April, Voight's still not taking, you know, BP or anything like that, and Bruce is struggling. Do you, do you just cut and move on then? Do you look to move DJ over? Do you give, you know, uh, you know, Mike Ford another chance? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Bruce and how short that leash is because they were ready to move on. Um, and I don't, you know, do you, do you then risk getting rid of Tyler Wade to bring up somebody else to have some first-base time? It's an interesting spot. I think that's the... That's why I thought Voit was so important because the replacements for him are are very limited. If you don't want to move Lemayhu over from second, because if you do want to move Lemayhu over from second, then you put Gleyber over there or you put Tyler Wade over there. You know, Estrada could be used there. There's a kind of a there's a, there's a, it shuffles so much around it, but having Voit there kind of made it simple. So we'll see how Bruce does. Um, you know, he, he, he's, the Yankees wanted him a few years ago for the Mets. He went to Cleveland, hit some big home runs against us when he was with Cleveland. Um, he was in Seattle for uh, a little last year. So I'll be interesting to see what he does at the kind of the twilight of his career here. Um, you know, a couple big home runs, he might, might hold on to that spot. But if, if he doesn't provide the power, he's not going to get on base often, not great in the field. Uh, so I think he needs to come out with a strong April for him to stay around for the entire season, even once Voight gets healthy.
1: I think so, too. I think he's going to have a, a pretty short leash, too. I think they'll kick the tires around on Mike Ford, potentially. Uh, Tyro Estrada, I saw, hit a home run the other day. He could potentially come up or start the season with the Yankees, and he provides versatility in the infield. So you're right. Uh, if Bruce isn't hitting home runs, providing you know extra base hits, in the first month of the season, I, I think the Yankees are, are going to go a different way and that'll be a release. They'll, they'll DFA him. There's, he doesn't obviously is not going to the minor league. So he'll have probably some other team kick the tires on him. But yeah, I think the, the void injury, while it's not Judger Stanton, the Yankees lose a guy who led the majors in home runs a season ago and the replacement options really, really are not all that attractive for him. And it reminds me of a few years ago, 2018, Greg Bird going down in spring training after a strong postseason. Uh, and the Yankees really had a crapshoot at first base that entire year, it felt like, until Voight came on in the, in the summer and got hot and took over that role in the playoffs. So, Yeah. First base is not looking good for the Yankees right now. But I, like like you said, I'm not putting too much stock in, in the spring training stats. I think Bruce
0: I spent too much time getting excited for Greg Bird hitting like 400 million home runs in spring training and then getting hurt first week of April and hitting two home runs for the entire year. So I, Greg Bird is, is, is the reason that I've given up on spring training stats. And now here I am having to talk about him again because our first baseman just went – got injured right before the, this this season so and we just it, it's always Greg Bird's fault
1: it is and I'm not doubting Bruce right here I could I could come out or excuse me I could see him coming out in April and, and having a stretch over 14 games where he hits six homers and bats 280. I'm not putting that stretch by him. I think he could get a little bit of a love affair with that short porch and really get hot maybe but I could also see this going really really south i don't see much of an in-between in this situation
0: i completely agree and, and the, the power i think should be there for bruce but i think the, the kind of the underrated aspect of void at the plate is he's very patient and he has a great ability to get on base which is huge when you put him in the middle of that order you know right behind Stanton, and you know maybe in front of glaber torres maybe how they're going to do it but like i say the past three seasons they played practically the same amount of games Void's played 221 games bruce has played 224 games Voight has a 371 on base compared to 282 from from Jay Bruce. Like Jay Bruce, you want as the seven eight hitter kind of lefty in your lineup, which I think is where he'll end up in the in the Yankees lineup. But you're taking out a cleanup hitter and Luke Voight, who, who gets on base, you know, 37, 38 percent of the time. That's a huge, huge difference. Um, so hopefully he comes back healthy. I love Luke Voight. He's an ultimate gamer but it's kind of sucks. He's 30 he's 30 years old already. He's already 30. He's got some injuries, those legs, you know, don't seem to be doing great. Last year he had some foot stuff going on. Uh a tough loss for the Yankees uh, going into the year and it changes the the opening day lineup. But as you said, huge we got through spring training with a healthy Aaron Judge, healthy Giancarlo Stanton and Stanton hit some bullets in spring training. Like you said, we don't want to take the, the stats too seriously here, but after Stanton had that monster postseason, huge relief to see him come up and still launching the ball, 115 miles uh, off the bat into dead center. So I think I could we have a big, big year for, for staying here, but it's going to come down to health as always.
1: You're going to like a prediction I have at the end of the show. When we do our annual yearly predictions, uh, I can tell you that, uh, but I would almost pay some of my own money to get a hundred thirty five hundred forty healthy games of this guy because i'll,
0: I'll take a hundred i'll, I'll be, honestly i'll take a hundred as long as he's a 50 of those come at like the back he plays like 50 straight before the playoffs
1: i i've accepted that we're probably gonna get a d elston some somewhere here and there it, it's just who he is but when this guy is locked in like he was in the postseason and how that kind of rolled over in the spring training, having him fully healthy for October, aside from some starting pitching questions, you could say that that is the, the, the starting pitching questions behind Cole and Stanton being healthy for October is like 1A and 1B in key for, keys for the Yankees season because when this guy is healthy the Yankees are a totally different team and you saw that last year he started hot and then went right on the DL the Yankees had a stretch where they struggled he is so important for this team and he's entering year 4 we thought 2019 was going to be a huge year you and I both did so and then he got hurt early in that year he played like 18 games or something and then last year, we talked him up again, and last year, it was 60 games. So this is the year everybody is looking at as a make or break. He had a hot postseason. That continued over into spring training. He has the most pressure on him. Cole and the rotation guys are in there, too. When you're looking at hitters in the Yankees lineup, and you could make the argument that it's Gary Sanchez uh, that has the most pressure on him, or you could make the argument that it's Torres. I think a lot of the Sanchez haters. Have already pressure it in them.
0: There's pressure up and down that lineup. I think you can make a case for 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 pra- practically everybody. So, but you're right. It's it's it's, it's these those are yeah. the big three players here. When uh, I look at when I look at player, I mean it's
1: Sanchez making six. He's making a few million this year, uh, I, I believe, and then you have stanton with one of the richest contracts in sports history that's that's how i'm kind of looking at it and it's it's
0: always going to fall on the money which will be stanton and cole and you know that's that's the way it should be i mean when you have when those two players are getting those type of dollars you are expecting mvp and cy young seasons and that's that's what i'm expecting right now i need i need stanton to hit 50 home runs and uh and switching it over to the to the rotation i need garrett cole to win a cy young it's it's that simple there there are tons of question marks throughout the rotation um the lineup let's say like we said outside void the lineup's ready to go it's going to be an exciting lineup uh, even without the without void there there's power up and down it i don't know if we can say the same for for the rotation because the power starts with garrett cole and then there's a lot of question marks from Corey kluber to uh, Jameson Tyone, Domingo Herman, uh Jordan Montgomery looks pretty solid. Uh, there's there's – Cole is Cole. Who are you most excited to watch for the 2021 season out of the – what we assume is the, the starting five that the Yankees have kind of announced uh, heading into the season?
1: Well, for me, it's Corey Kluber, and he didn't look great during spring training, and I'm, I'm not going to hold that too much against him. Obviously, he really hasn't pitched in two years almost – So the control was a little bit of an issue in spring training. He never was a guy that would blow you away. That fastball was sitting low 90s, though, but that control just wasn't there. He walked uh, three hitters the other day against the Phillies in his final start in three and a third innings. He did have a few Ks, but this is something I'm very concerned, an aspect of the Yankees I'm very concerned about. Uh, I'm very excited to watch him, is one thing. But there's also a great level of concern with me here. I wrote about this a couple months ago. He's going to be 35 on April 10th. That's like a week from now. He was the most dominant pitcher, arguably, f- for five, a five-year stretch from 14 to 18. But is it there? And the Yankees not only took a flyer on him. The The contract is not a flyer. $11 million is in today's standards is not a flyer
0: they it's, a, it's a big deal yeah this wasn't a little you know four million dollars he got 11 million fully guaranteed
1: yeah and, and it's not like oh if he sucks uh you know you just cut him like you said 11 million fully guaranteed and they need him to be a consistent number two starter i don't want to be debbie downer here but i'm not sure asking a guy to do that when he's coming off major injuries, having not pitched in two years, who's going to be 35. That's something that really worries me. Although I'm very anxious and excited to see what he can do.
0: Yeah. Kluber is you said He was the, you know, he's kind of, he always reminds me of the, the pitching version of, of DJ LeMay, you know, the machine on the mound, the clue bot. Uh, so he's going to be fun to watch. And you, you hope that this one year deal works out well for both sides. Uh, you know, the big, the only real trade the Yankees made this offseason was picking up uh, Jamison Tyone. He fits the mold of the Brian Cashman offseason acquisitions. Of, you know, happened during the season for for Sonny Gray. But, you know, Sonny Gray, uh, James Paxton, two guys with elite stuff, went fully healthy and fully on. Coming over to the Yankees with uh, a couple years of control. Obviously, neither one of those worked out as, you know, the Yankees shipped out Gray before he even hit free agency. And the Yankees let uh, Paxton walk, so so Tyone becomes that that third guy there, and hopefully you know the third time's a charm for for Cashman here. But I'm really excited to to see him pitch because much like Mike Paxton when he was healthy, that is elite stuff coming out of Tyone's hand. Um, you know, he hasn't pitched in a long time. He like said like like Kluber, he didn't pitch really, he didn't pitch at all in 2020 due to Tommy John surgery. He only pitched. 35-plus innings, maybe, thirty under 40 innings in 2019. So 2018 was the last time this guy pitched, and he, he's never broken 200 innings. Uh, there's no chance he gets his 200 innings this year. But if he could come in and give us you know 130, 140 innings off of his second career Tommy John, um, we're looking at a guy that has number two stuff. I think you're right. Kluber is the obvious number two, and the way the Yankees kind of set it up, they have Domingo Herman as their number three, as they're trying to pace Tyone out, coming back off that injury, um, so the new guys are, are huge, but but pretty pretty big spots for the guys returning, you know, that have been Yankees for multiple years. Um, Jordan Montgomery had a great playoff appearance you know, last season. He's coming up full, plenty of time, fully recovered from his Tommy John. There, he's got that Andy Pettit lefty, you know, feel on the mound. Stuff doesn't match any Pettits, but. I think a huge year for, for Jordan Montgomery to try and get back to his, or an even improve on his, his rookie year where he's people forget he finished third in rookie of the year voting. So big, big, big year for, uh, for the lefty, uh, of Montgomery.
1: Yeah, a huge one. And this is a guy who I raved about really early on. I mean, he won nine games as a rookie back in 2017, um, Really, you know, sub four ERA in a tough, tough AL East, you know, the Yankees were going up against the Red Sox, the Rays, uh, you know, the Blue Jays still had boppers in their lineup. Tough division for for a rookie to pitch in, and he showed out really well. I was really disappointed, even though it's kind of become a thing for young pitchers to get Tommy John surgery, and I was ashamed when that knocked him out, but Again, he was one of those guys coming back last year. He had a good playoff appearance, but for this being his first, it was a less than ideal time to come back, I feel like, because he got his, he dipped his toe in the water late in 2019 a little bit. He wasn't good. And then we talked about this last episode. I mean, guys that have something to prove coming back face tough circumstances last year. Of course, being away from the team due to the pandemic, coming back, 60 game season, two or three bad outings really screwed up your, your stat line for the year. I felt like, and but what we saw from Montgomery against the Rays in a winner go home game, which he threw four innings, he looked really, really good, really sharp against a good hitting team. I'm looking forward to see what he can do, and the same goes for Domingo Herman, who. Obviously returns to the Yankees on very, very, um, you know, th- there's some controversy there, definitely. Uh, he returns off yeah, of domestic just a domestic violence. Just a little controversy. He returns off a of domestic violence suspension, but he was really good in, in spring training. 13 innings, 17 Ks, you know, Whip was under one. He was arguably the best Yankee starter that, that we saw in spring training. Uh, in four appearances. So if the Yankees can get 2019 Herman before the domestic violence incident that took him away from the team and subsequently suspended him the rest of that year, the playoffs and in 2020, uh, I advocated against the Yankees bringing him back in 2020 when this happened, because one, even though we don't know the details I assume he did something very, very bad. Two, he also let his team down in a big, big way by, by acting like an amateur jackass. But the Yankees gave him another chance, and if he returns to his 2019 form and Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole and one or two other guys step up, I think you're looking at a pretty solid rotation. And out of all the what-ifs, in the Yankees rotation this year, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the one I'm most confident about out of the guys we're talking about right now, you know, Taon, um, Kluber, Davey Garcia's in there, Jordan Montgomery, Herman. I am most confident in Herman being his 2019 self over all of the what ifs we just talked about with those other guys.
0: That's and I don't disagree with you there. I mean, if we thinking back into you know getting ready for the the shortened season here, we would never have guessed that heading into twenty twenty one. But Herman has been this stuff looks nasty. Like sometimes you know you know, hitters batting one hundred in spring training, you leave it off, or you're trying to figure out their swing. Pitchers kind of throwing out all all kinds of junk, messing up with new pitches. There uh, that Herman didn't do that. Herman came in and said, "I'm going to get my three pitches down." And I'm going to see where I can go. And he looked awesome. Like you said, if he could come back, if he looked like he did in spring training, like we don't want to assume that at all because it's spring training, but that's a better version of the 2019 player. And that's a guy that won 18 games. He had a little higher ERA in 2019 to win 18 games. But that's a guy that's gonna was on pace to win 20 games and lead the MLB in wins that, that season. If the Yankees can get that guy who hopefully has his, his mind right, that's a number two starter. So now you're looking at three guys who have the potential to be a number two behind Garrett Cole, which is huge. And in reality, we need one of those guys to be the real number two. Someone's going to fall back and and pitch more like a five. And I think you have Montgomery is going to be a solid a solid four guy who's just going to be be what he is. I'd like to see a little more length from Montgomery. You mentioned that game in Tampa where uh, in the playoffs everybody's on a, a short leash. But for Montgomery, this is this is his year where I think I like to see some more some more length. Um, you know, got got through the full season last year. even though was short, uninjured. If we can get his uh, get him into the sixth inning and into the seventh inning a few times, it'd be a huge help for the Yankees because of all the other guys. Like you said, Herman, Tyone, Kluber, the three guys that haven't touched 200 innings in multiple years, haven't touched 20 innings in in a year. So so big. Big uh, question marks there, but lots of potential. And, you know, Brian Cashman's either going to look like an idiot or a genius. I think come playoff time, I still think they're, no matter what, one of these guys is going to fall off and probably hit the IL. And we're going to be at the deadline, as always, looking for another pitcher. Plenty of talk that Severino's going to be that deadline acquisition coming off his Tommy John. But like we saw with Jordan Montgomery, you know, two years ago, you really can't trust guys coming back from Tommy John even if they come back in September, especially for a playoff time. I'm not counting on Severino that much. I'd love for him to get a few starts um, before the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not used that much in the playoffs. I'm assuming the Yankees will get there, and, and looking more towards 2022 for him. Um, outside of the other trades, the Yankees did make some some bullpen additions, which now, with the Brayton injury, proved to be pretty important. Uh, Justin Wilson, who also is gonna start the year on the I.L., joined the came back to the Yankees after a few seasons bouncing around baseball. And then Darren O'Day, who I think is gonna be a play a big part in the the back end of that bullpen while we wait for uh, for Wilson and Britain to come back. Two under the radar I'd say signings compared to some of the bigger contracts that got put out there. Um, very creative contracts by the Yankees with team options, opt-outs, galore to to, to save dollars there. But I thought some pretty, uh, some pretty, pretty great work by Cashman there to flip um, Adam Adavino into Justin Wilson, Darren O'Day, and essentially Brett Gardner uh, contract-wise.
1: It absolutely was, and uh, O'Day something I touched on in a piece a few months ago. Uh, really solid Yankees are really familiar with this guy. He had a. Really, so he spent like really- twenty
0: years in, in Baltimore. He's one of those those sidewinders. I always feel like have been around for like. Literally like 15, 20 years. And you're like, oh, wait. He's only like, what, mid-30s? <laughs> Late 30s?
1: You know who I was just thinking of the other day and I was watching some old Yankees games that I was at? Mike Myers. A little, a little bit off off the grid here. You know, always was around that that lefty sidewinder. He kind of reminds me, O'Day's kind of like the righty version of him. You, you know, Myers had a pretty long career in the MLB. And, uh, yeah, that's who I thought of. Um, when the Yankees signed O'Day. But, yeah, Yankee's really familiar with O'Day. He's got a lot more control than Adovino. I, I know that kind of went off in the last couple of years, but he can still bring it, and he's going to play a huge, huge role, especially with Britain out. You know, Wilson is, is going to start the year on the IL, too. Wilson, of course, had a tenure with the Yankees, Before Spent a couple of years with them before being shipped off in the deal that brought uh, Luis Sessa and Chad Green uh, to the Yankees. But I'm really looking forward to seeing O'Day. And he's got postseason experience with the Orioles in a big way. So these bullpen additions were really, really good. We always talked about. The Yankees possibly shipping Adovino off to free up some money, and they did just that. They only ate less than 900 k in that trade with the Red Sox. Sox took a little more than $8 million. So that was a trade-off that I, I think was pretty good. He parlayed Brian Cashman, like you said. Adovino, a guy who was basically unpitchable. At points, and don't get me wrong, there's nobody who loved that wiffle ball slider more than me. But it felt like since that Astros series where he gave up that moonshot to Springer in the fifth inning, that he he was just unpitchable. You know, control. Once
0: you lose faith in a guy like that, you, it's tough to get it back. And I like I, I like Adam know a lot, and I think he's gonna have a, a very good season, bounce back season for the Red Sox. But once you go through a a postseason like that where you're just not touching him in big games, it's very tough for you to pick him up again. And a great move by the Yankees to just flip him for two guys, essentially, for the same probably likely results.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think it was a going to other money-saving ideas. I think it was a bad idea to do... Taon and Kluber instead of Tanaka. Uh, if we had to go back and do that, um, I, I'd have taken the one instead of two, knowing what you're going to get in Tanaka. But uh, on this side of things, where Brian Cashman pulled that kind of move in the bullpen, this was, I think, one of the best moves uh, of the Yankees offseason. Um, the first one was obviously getting DJ LeMahieu re-signed to a six-year deal. But the next one is the, without a doubt to me, the work Cashman did and the bullpen. It was, of course, before the Zach Britton injury. Uh, but swapping out Adevino for those two bullpen guys and Wilson and O'Day, combined by bringing Brett Gardner back with that money that you also saved against the luxury tax, that's uh, the second move, second
0: best move the Yankees made this offseason, I think. I think it comes even bigger with the injury to Zach Britton. And and obviously Justin Wilson got hurt too, but he's going to be back before Britton is just having that extra body, not having to worry about who's going to fill that spot, an extra spot here. They'll obviously replace Wilson um, on opening day roster, but hopefully it's only a a week or two and and there's lots of days off for those first few weeks. So it's not that big of a deal, but just having that extra arm is going to be a difference. Uh, You know, Chapman, it is our just Chapman. Uh, still a huge fan uh, of the stuff Chapman can bring. He's going to be suspended for the, the first game of the year um, due to stuff dating, dating way back when, but he's going to be one of the best closers in baseball, and the Yankees will, you know, yes, he gives up. He gave up the home run a couple of years ago to Altuve. He gave up the, the big home run in Game 5 last year, but at the end of the day, I still want Chapman in that spot. So I think another big year coming up for, for the Yankees, Yankees closer and it, they're going to Seems like they're going to need him early with, uh, you know, Britain was the backup plan. And until Britain's back there, I don't really see what the backup plan would be for closer uh, without Chapman. It may, I could see maybe a Chad green type uh, trying it out there, but for, to, it was always nice to have that luxury of Britain taking over for Chapman when Chapman eventually does his 10 days on the IL. I uh, The Yankees don't have that luxury this year, so Chapman, I could see being used more often than than past years, and it'll be it's an important year for for him as well from that to, to close out the games for the Yanks.
1: Yeah, you want to save his bullets too. Uh, so I, I would not be surprised to see a bit of a Chad Green backup plan potentially. I've long advocated for Jonathan Lawysica to, and I think he can be really good in it to kind of go into that Chad green role, you know, screw the starting screw the opening. This guy's got great stuff out of the bullpen. Um, if the Yankees are, or have the vision of possibly using green as that Chapman backup, they're not going to be pitching Chapman three days in a row in April, May, June Boone's never no done that stuff. No chance. So but Chapman, he gets a lot of heat, obviously, for the couple of home runs and you know the issues before he came to the Yankees. But he's really extended his career uh, where he's one of the st- uh, closers that are, or relief pitchers in general that have been elite over a sustained period of time. He might not be bringing 102, 103 every outing like he once was. But, but he's got that he
0: splitter can... now. That splitter he's been playing with is... That's silly if it works.
1: He's still in those high 90s, and that slider and splitter, like you were saying, it's extended his career of being elite because all these hitters nowadays see 97, 98, 99 from starters and relievers. We're not in 2011 anymore when those guys were not, out there in every bullpen or in every starting rotation. Those guys fill out starting rotations now and and fill out bullpens. So Chapman's really, really done a good job at developing pitches, uh, secondary pitches in order to keep hitters off balance. And he's one of the best players on the Yankees. I love watching him come into pitch, you know, that electric delivery that he has. He's Always one of the Yankees' most important players, and they made a significant investment in him last season after he opted out and the Yankees agreed to a reworked deal. So, as always, I'm looking forward to seeing him, and he'll definitely have a bigger role knowing Britain isn't that backup behind him uh, for the first couple of months of the season but I'm looking forward to seeing him got roughed up against uh, the Phillies on, I think it was the Phillies or the Orioles. He got
0: booted off the mound in spring training. I mean, that, I did see that. <laughs> fans Tough are look. back. That's all you need to know. That fans are back.
1: <laughs> Tough look, but he bounced back Monday against the Tigers. Really clean inning. So I'm looking forward to seeing him out on the mound again for the Yankees and Yeah, one of the most valuable Yankees on the team, one of their best players, and a guy who makes a lot of money. So he's going to be needed more than ever to close down games. And, you know, it would be great if the Yankees' offense went berserk and the rotation did its job to where we could really limit his appearances early in the season.
0: That would be a great key and and a great way to to, to segue back to the lineup here. Sam, give me the lineup – um, actually, I'll go first here. Just so I don't want you to steal my guy, <laughs> uh, the overperformer, the maybe under under the radar. If you could be under the radar and be in the Yankees lineup player for 2021, um, I haven't heard much about Clint Frazier. Early on in the in the spring training, uh, it was confirmed that he's going to be the everyday left fielder. We still brought back. Brett Gardner, because Brett Gardner will will die in a Yankee uniform. Lots of talk of that final roster spot. Could it be Talkman? Could they move on from Talkman? Could it be Jay Bruce? So not that much on on the Clint Frazier front. Um, And uh, I think that's okay. Clint Frazier doesn't need to be the center of attention at all times. But I think he's going to be the center of attention a lot this year. And I think it's going to be for great reasons. Uh, Projected only to have 19 home runs, 62 RBIs. Uh, and, you know, 440 plate appearances, which would be the by far the most he's ever had in his career. He's only had 589 plate appearances in his career. I think Clint Frazier's going to have a healthy year. And I think he's going to blow away some of these projected numbers here. 19 home runs for Clint Frazier is going to be a bad year if he's healthy for me. I, need, I think Clint Frazier can hit 30 home runs. We've been talking about the legendary bat speed for years. There's been a lot of back and forth about him being on the trading block. Is he ever going to get a spot in the Yankees lineup? He's got the spot right now. Can he stay healthy and can he play all year and keep that spot away from Brett Gardner? I think the answer is yes. And I think 30 home runs is what we're looking at for Clint Frazier.
1: Yeah. I'm really big on Frazier as well. I I said to a couple of my buddies the other day, I think he's a 30 homer, 100 RBI guy. And this is the first year that we're going in to the regular season being like, yeah, this guy's the starting left fielder. It it seems, it's hard to believe this summer will mark the five-year anniversary of that trade that sent Andrew Miller to Cleveland, which was kind of the start of the Yankees rebuild. I mean, it's going to be five years of Frazier with the Yankees that's, that's organization. That's pretty wild to think about, five uh, years. <laughs> I mean, he came up in 2017. I'll never forget him hitting that walk-off home run against the Brewers, against Corey Knebel. That was kind of his coming-out party. Um, but, yeah, this is a guy that's going to have a lot of eyes on him coming into this season, and, and rightfully so. Even though the Yankees brought back Brett Gardner later in spring training, they've maintained the stance – that frazier is going to be their guy in left field and can he stay healthy is the big thing too the concussions have definitely been there in his yankees career and they've definitely messed with him, and
0: it's taken a toll um and i think he's figured it out a little bit he knows where his spot in the organization now he Clint frazier was a finalist for the globe glove in 2020 I don't care if they changed the voting last year and it was different than it is for past years. That is a huge boost, no matter what, for Clint Frazier. There was a point where this guy couldn't catch a fly ball. And it was in his head. He's worked on his defense. And he's going to be the everyday left fielder for the Yankees. I think that's huge. He's had like, 162 games in his career. He's had 24 home runs. The projection of 19 home runs this year is low for me. If you give him a full year, this guy is going to hit 30 home runs. He had 2019, he had 12 home runs in 69 games. Last year, 39 games, 8 home runs. So, you know, you're looking at 20 home runs at a 100-game hundred pace. So I think it's going to be a big year for there. And he kind of has gotten forgotten about, which is exactly what Clint Frazier needs to blow up across baseball. Let's get the Yankees healthy. Let's get staying, staying healthy, judge healthy. You know, with, with Luke Voigt um, not in the lineup here, a quick start for Clint Frazier can See him jump up that lineup real quick.
1: I agree for sure, especially without Voight. And I we've seen, um, we've seen Frazier get hot over the years at times, especially last season. That short, sweet flick of the wrist swing where he just sends a ball out to the bleachers, it looks effortless. I'm gonna give my guy who's kind of been forgotten about right now, uh, and that guy's gonna be Aaron Hicks.
0: Um, what didn't even have him on my radar. So he definitely have gotten forgotten about. <laughs>
1: last, no, I'm not going to say full season without um, injuries or, or the pandemic. He played in 54 games last season. He's not going to hit for a high average. Uh, I think a, a lot of people have kind of accepted that he only hit 225 last year. Uh, his on-base percentage, almost 38% of the time, three, seven, nine, uh, 2019 going back, he only played in 59 games due to injury. And that's when the Yankees, they gave him the extension after the season, a seven year, $70 million extension. Uh, but his on-base percentage in 2019 in that injury short season, uh, just under 33% of the time, which, which was a down year by his standards. Of course, he missed over a hundred games due to injury. But the last time This guy played uh, close to a full season for the Yankees. I'm talking 135. I consider full season 135 to 150 uh, almost. You you know, you're going to have an injury. Um, For for a player like Hicks or Stanton, 135, or or Judge even, 135 or more is what I consider a success. Major success. Uh, And in 2018, Hicks played in 137 games career high 27 homers um got on base just under 37% of the time hit 248 that's 250 that's where I'd like to see him but I'll accept 240 um didn't hit great in spring training this year but again the on base percentage close to 400 that's always going to be high with him always going to be high you can rely on him to get uh, on base and I really like the role of having him split up judge and Stanton, you know, you have the one through four of Lemayhew, judge Hick Stanton with that switch hitter and splitting up the power duo. I really, really like that. He's does not strike out a lot. He gets on base. Uh, And if he can stay healthy, we talk about judge and Stanton staying healthy in the lineup. He's not, as important as those two, but he's pretty damn important. I feel like he's getting overlooked a little bit. And if he plays 135, 140 games, uh, I think you're going to get significant return on investment for the $10 million the Yankees are paying him this season.
0: I think that's a, that's a great call. And, you know, he, he had Tommy John surgery, and because of everything, he didn't miss a game. Like that's a, that's pretty awesome that he's like the first player to get Tommy John surgery after a season and then return before the first game there. Uh, and that's right He like said he's batting 220, 230. I don't care. Don't care at all about that. He's getting on base. The guy is a walk king. He's got this this swag when he flips the bat after a walk. I think I, I love the way he when he does that. And he has said that last year he his hitting did suffer because of that injury. He didn't feel 100%. He did look for walks more. He didn't try and hit as many home runs. like He had 27 that year before. Coming into the next season after that 27, he said his goal was 30 home runs. He was adamant about it. He's like, I can definitely hit 30 home runs. I had 27 last year, and I felt like I was shortchanged on a few. So I think fully recovered now. Doesn't have to worry about that, that arm. We might see him try and try and park a few more. Um, you know he only had what, six home runs last year. Compared that to the same amount of games basically in 2019, where he hit 12 home runs. So you could see that he cut his home runs in half, um, and he put the blame on the on the injury there. But like you said, no matter what's the case, the dude's gonna get on base, and that, that is a huge plus for him and huge plus for that lineup. You wanna you wanna pitch around Aaron Judge to get to Aaron Hicks? Fine. But you better throw strikes to Aaron Hicks cuz then you're going to walk him then too. And now you got two on for John Carlos Stanton. So like I think you said he is a good spot in that lineup here. The the less strikeouts do break it up cuz we know Judge and we know Stanton, they're going to strike out. If you're able to break in a guy that even if he doesn't get on, doesn't get a hit, is going to take 6 7 pitches before you get to Stanton, that's going to increase the chances that Stanton's going to get a first pitch fastball and send it 400 yards. yards 400 feet. Um, so Stan might send a ball 400 yards for all we know. But a great, great call in there because it definitely definitely has gone overlooked in, in all this. And similar to Voigt, where defensively he's gone down a little bit but still has a cannon of an arm. And similar to Voigt, I mean in that if he does get hurt, it does kind of screw up the rest of the outfield. What's your plan there if he gets hurt? You got Brett Gardner and Mike Talkman as your backups. B- big, big drop-off, I think, for both of them too. And your your fourth outfielder then becomes become shuffled around because Clint Frazier and Aaron Judge aren't going to play center field. So you're going to, to your bench for, for Gardner, who, who's Brett Gardner. He's going to play some time, but he's more of a left fielder than a center fielder, and Mike Talkman had a terrible 2020. So it's going to be interesting there. I think Hicks is going to be vital for that middle of that that lineup. Um, and let's see if he can bring the power too. I mean, Yankees can be looking at what? If we get a fully healthy season, which is bananas to think about because it's the Yankees. But you're going to have Judge, Stanton, Hicks, Glaber, and maybe Clint Frazier all pushing 30 home runs. And that doesn't even mention what Gary Sanchez could do.
1: Yeah. And especially Torres came close to 40 in 2019. He hit 38. So,
0: yeah. And you were talking about the. Plan home run tracker get... will be back next year because there's a chance this year because there's a chance the Yankees are pushing for the, the all time record again.
1: I think we're going to get all-time records every year, except that the fact that they're changing
0: the ball uh, again, I read a couple weeks ago. But to me, that, does, that the Yankees are the one team that doesn't matter. Like We're not talking about like cheap home runs these guys are hitting. Maybe LeMahieu's good. I mentioned it a little bit when they said the ball's coming out, that LeMahieu might suffer because he likes to go opposite field, short porch line drive. But I also read that there hasn't been much of a difference in spring training. They're they're still seeing same distances. And a lot of home runs, uh, but even if there, even if there is, and it takes a few feet off. We're talking guys. I mean, stay and and Judge, and even when uh, Gary gets into one, I don't care if you have, make that a wiffle ball. They're still going to hit that thing three, four hundred feet. Um, so I don't think the ball is going to be a big difference for the Yankees.
1: Yeah, and, and you mentioned the injuries. What happens if he gets injured? You mentioned Gardner, Talkman. Um, Uh, My guess is that split time in center field. I mean, I don't think Brett Gardner is playing six days a week in center field uh, at this stage of his career. Uh, I I just don't see that happening. So, Talkman is a guy who I was a bit disappointed in in 2020 because he started really good. I I mean, there was a there was a stretch where he felt like he couldn't get out. I mean, he was really good. Yanks were batting him leadoff and then he really, really. Ended the season cold to the point where he was really, you know, it felt like an automatic out. Uh, I he, mean, he wasn't he, even He walking. should have been off
0: the postseason roster. Like, he, he was that bad, I think, at the end of the year.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know what happened to him. And if he was a one-hit wonder in 2019, so be it. But he looked good early on in 2020. So, I don't know. But it's it, it kind of assumed that the Hicks – Judge and Stanton will each be on the DL once, but I just hope we can limit it to one. They miss twenty-five or thirty games. They come back. Isn't it, it? Doesn't that feel like the best-case
0: scenario to you? Almost. It, no, it, I hate it, it sound does. Like that. No, no, it does. But it, I, it's completely agree. And the problem with them, all three of them, are the injuries are are they're not huge. Like they're not like. Um, they're, they're kind of things that you think you can get over in two weeks. So then it becomes three weeks and it comes four weeks and there, there are a lot of soft tissue injuries. So there, there are injuries that, that linger like at the point. You almost rather like, Hey, let me know. He's got, you know, a, a broken collarbone and he'll be back in, in eight weeks. Like that, that's it. There's no, like let the bone heal and move on type thing. The, uh, the, 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 muscle injuries uh, are, are tough. Cause then you're like, then you're worried about it all year. You're like, Oh, is he going to beat out that ground ball or is, or is he going to tear his hamstring? So it's it's the sad reality of the Yankees the past few years and it, they but look they again they we've been told they changed their they, they've changed a lot of their uh, their routines they're doing a lot more yoga I mean we hear about it every year they're doing more yoga they're doing more of this and one year it's going to click let's hope it's this year because if it does click then I think you're looking at the Yankees winning a World Series. Uh, as typical sam and i have rambled on for almost an hour already so sam let's get into the predictions for the 2021 season here uh we can go division i don't think we need to go division by division here but let's start with one is there any chance that you're not picking the yankees to win the world series and let's start with the the al east the yankees gonna win the al east the blue jays made a lot of moves to, to push for an al east competition at least the Rays made some, some typical Rays moves, you know, traded Blake Snell. Um, Boston is, will always be our rival, even though if their their roster doesn't match up to ours. And the Orioles are the Orioles here. Kind of, I may have just ranked them in the order you're going to rank them, but tell me at least you're, if the Yankees somehow don't win the AL East, who's the big threat to take him?
1: I think it's the Toronto Blue Jays. And this is a team that we had our eye on last year as a threat to the Yankees. Uh, they gave the Yankees the business a couple of times at their triple A stadium up in Buffalo. Uh, they, they really put a hurting on them a couple of times. You know, they got Vladdy jr. Bobichette, Lordis uh, Lourdes Gurriel, uh who's a stud to, you know, Teoscar Hernandez. And then they had George Springer, who we've seen go over that auxiliary scoreboard at Yankee stadium quite a few times. So, If we're talking about a team that is a threat to the Yankees, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays. And the Rays are still there. I know they traded Blake Snell. Um, They return a lot of guys, but we've seen it so many times with the Rays. And they did it in 2018, too, when they were sellers at the deadline. And it felt like they were destructing the roster all year, but they show up and they win 90 games. I mean, how do they do it? I mean, Kevin Cash is a forward thinker. They're always going to be there. Um, and, and then the Red Sox, one thing I will say, they, they don't have the pitching still, but w- when the Yankees play this team, their hitters that had really, really bad 2020s, uh, I don't think are going to be bad again. I'm not really judging last season. Uh, all, no, I much agree.
0: For- the, the Red Sox were checked out. Like J.D. Martinez didn't even look like he cared at times. Devers is awesome. The, the Red Sox lineup is going to have a big bounce back year for them.
1: Yeah, and that's what, that's what I always feel like with them. Even when they're when they're bad, they got a lot of guys that can hit. Uh, so, and the Yankees starting rotation is, is a question mark. So, for the degenerate gamblers out there, I know Steve and I like to place a wager uh, here and there. I think those overs are going to be pretty big in those games uh, once we get into July and <laughs> in August. Uh, And then I like what Brandon Hyde's doing with the Orioles. Uh, I think he's making the most of a bad situation and they have some young players down there that had some big hits against the Yankees last year. You know, the catcher, they got Pedro Severino, uh, Rio Ruiz, Trey Mancini's back from cancer. And I feel like he's never had a game against the Yankees where he, he hasn't recorded an extra base hit. I will go back and check. I don't think that's ever not happened, but yeah, I have the same order as you in the AL East, and uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Toronto or the Rays really threaten uh, the Yankees. But I, I think what it's going to come down to is who beats up on the Orioles the most. Uh, just like how twenty, how it came down to that in twenty eighteen when the Yankees were nine and nine against the Orioles, the Red Sox were like sixteen and two, or something like that. So. Beating up on the Orioles is
0: going to be key. Yeah, and then like you said, those all those teams. I I like the Blue Jays. I mean, they're still they're going to start playing down in Florida, and then eventually move up to um, back to upstate New York or Buffalo, where they were at, and then maybe get to Toronto. I think that's going to have a little, you know, cause the players a little discombobulation, and and could lead to them going going cold at some time. So I think them and the Rays are going to battle it out for second and, and for a wild card spot. You know, the Rays, like you said. You can trade everybody off the raise, and they're going to show up with a 26-man roster that's going to put together put up a fight. No idea how they do it every time, uh, but it, for, for across the board in the AL East, including the Yankees, it's the pitching question marks are are rampant, and in, if you have the best lineup, then the worst pitching is a big benefit. So I think that's what the Yankees are going to be a huge benefit. Is even if their pitching struggles, their lineup should be by far the best in. The AL East, even with the the improvements and the young studs that they got going on in Toronto, the Yankees should destroy some of these pitchers uh, throughout the year. You're going to see the you're going to get lined up against some of the aces. Uh, You know, we're going to get lined up versus Glass now, probably as much as possible versus Tampa. You know, Rue is the the ace for Toronto, but the Yankees hit him really well. You know, Chris Sale's not coming back for a, a while and then the Orioles might have some high schoolers pitching by, by July. So the, <laughs> the, the fact that the Yankees have the best lineup is the huge boost for the, for, for them against the AL East. They should be scoring runs insane against some of these rotations that, that are coming out there, but it'll be fun. It's so the AL East is always fun. There will be a time where we're, we're going to be like, how are the Rays doing this? There'll be a time where we're like, wow, their Red Sox are performing way better than they should with this lineup. I, I don't think we got to worry about the O's, but it's going to be always, the AL East is always a fun division. I, the Yankees should win this division by 6 6 to 10 games easy. Um I haven't coming at you know 96 97 wins. Uh, but I think 92 could could easily take this division because there'll be uh I think there'll be some hiccups along the way for Toronto and the Rays just can't make up they, they they can't do it again. They can't win 90 games again after trading their ace. So we'll we'll see what happens what happens there. You um I got Garrett Cole as my MVP and kind of Cy Young for the Yankees. I think Garrett Cole wins the Cy Young on the AL East and proves that he is the most valuable player for the Yankees and there's really not much you need to say about that. He has the stuff for it and it won't shock anybody. You hinted at a little bit earlier in the pod that you might have a, a surprise player that I think falls into this category whether it, you know, for the the MVP for the Yankees.
1: Yeah. And it's not going to be a guy who's playing the field. I am picking Giancarlo Stanton to win the MVP award in 2020. He's gonna entire American League. For the entire American League. He's gonna play in 140 games, 60 home runs. Heard it here first.
0: I'm sorry, you just literally just like took my breath away. I, I thought I heard that, and I was like, no chance he just said sixty. <laughs>
1: Hundred sixty and one forty. Heard it here first. I think he's getting a fifty. And I think in September we're going to have a a big run where he, he flirts with 60 and I'm going to go out on a limb and say he gets there American league Cy Young. I'm going to stay inside the division, not go to Homer. Um, even though Cole may very well win it. Uh, I'm going to go Tyler glass now, uh, from the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, Not accusing you of being a homer, Steve, there, by the way. Just a slight homer on this end. We've picked the Yankees to win the World Series every year of this podcast, I believe. I'll have to go back and listen to the first season. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go Tyler Glass now. This is probably my favorite pitcher to watch in all of baseball that's not named Garrett Cole. And he's got nasty stuff. The breaking ball followed by the 99 mile-an-hours on the black... Um, or vice versa, it's just such a beautiful sight. Uh, so I'm gonna go Glass now for the American League Cy Young.
0: Um, yeah, we thinking it would be if the Yankee if, if Stanton wins MVP and Cole wins Cy Young, I believe that'll be the first time since 2003 that you'll have both those winners um, from the same team. That'll be um, Max Scherzer and Miguel Cabrera, if I can Google correctly. But then also in 2016, brings up the memories of Justin Morneau stealing Derek Jeter's MVP to team up with Johan 2009, Santana. 2009, I believe. 2006. Sorry, this was uh, Derek Jeter's first attempt at at MVP, just 2006. So it doesn't happen often. It does not happen often. It's happened four times since the turn of this century. Um, and that would be a huge boost for the Yankees because I mean a healthy stay in – and that meant Garrett Cole is delivering on that huge contract. Um, again, like you said, we pick the Yankees to win the World Series every year. Let's not change it this year. Who the Yankees taken down in the World Series in 2021?
1: I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go Yankees over the Dodgers in six games. Uh, it's going to be a classic. It's going to be the sports two best teams. I think this has been my prediction the last three years
0: same for me as well I'm, I'm gonna change it up a little bit here i'm gonna take the yankees over the st louis cardinals they have they made the big move for nolan or they you know a couple years ago they got they got paul goldschmidt there they, they've got talent you know they got jake uh, jack Flaherty on the mound is is a stud who had overcome some injuries i think he's gonna be a big year for him um and and like you said it's it's gonna be a shock if it's not if it's not the Dodgers, you know, they got some, they got some competition in the NL West though, with the, with the Padres trading for literally everybody and having Fernando Tatis be uh, an absolute stud with his billion dollar contract out there. So the West will be a lot of fun. So I think the two of them might beat up each other. And I think we'll see a, a return for the uh, the Cardinals to come back to glory and kind of sneak into the, into the world series, only to get crushed in five by the Yankees.
1: I'll give a quick uh, NL MVP and Cy prediction too because you mentioned the Cardinals. I was going Nolan Arenado for NL MVP, and uh, for NL Cy Young, I don't see a pitcher that's. I don't see Jacob DeGrom slowing down. I am. Uh, I'm going with him. Uh, uh, he's yes. my. He's my favorite. Uh, pitcher to watch in the National League. Um, maybe in all of baseball. Um. Just, he he's amazing. It seems like he goes seven innings every start, and he gives up six or seven hits, and they're all singles. He doesn't give up extra base hits, uh, which is
0: just remarkable in today's game, which with all the home runs we're seeing right now. so you uh, If you do happen to have some of these betting apps downloaded on your phone, if you can parlay Garrett Cole and Jacob DeGrom to both win their respective Cy Youngs, DraftKings lets you parlay it for like plus fifteen hundred. I'm saying if you got a couple extra bucks, you might want to toss that in there because that'll be a fun thing to happen in New York. Um, all right, so that's gonna wrap it up for our first episode of the 2021 season. Opening day is like 36 hours away by the time this gets released. Thursday, one o'clock, Garrett Cole on the mound. It's gonna be an exciting year. Limited fans. By the end, we we'll hope we have all the fans, and hopefully we'll all be cheering together as the Yankees win a World Series. If you're new to the podcast, appreciate you joining. Uh, Sam and I are going to try and be here once, at least once a week, recap the past week of Yankees baseball, and just kind of shooting the shit here. So shoot us, hit us up on Twitter, uh, Angel Steve 89 and then Sam underscore Mars. Send us any questions, anything you want us to talk about, any feedback, we're open for it. Uh, thanks for listening to the first episode uh, of the podcast and in Pinstripes Sam, I'm excited to see your face once a week for the next six, seven months. I am thrilled, Steve. Always look forward to it every week. All right, man. I'll talk to you next week. And everybody, enjoy opening day baseball. Thanks again.
1: Go Yanks.